Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of the Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of the Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today I have the pleasure of having Danny Rossi. He's with uh, the rock band One. He's the lead singer there. Uh, he's going to join in on the conversation in a moment. But if you care to go ahead and call in, you can call in at 347-324-3460 or pose your question in the chat room and we will read it on the air. Well, Danny, welcome to the program. Hi, man. Thanks. How are you doing? Ah, great. I appreciate you coming on. I guess to begin with, kind of tell us a story about yourself, how you guys started, and how did you uh, start the, the band One. Um, and I, I was I was a little kid, and uh, my older cousin was like really into music. And mm-hmm. one day, one day we were there, and uh, we were all sitting around, you know, playing because we're little kids. And he popped on a Motley Crue uncensored video. It was like one of the first like. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen this for anybody that's seen this. And anyways, I yeah. saw this, you know, Vince Neil in the in the back seat, well, in the back seat, in the back of the limo, and it had a hot tub, you know, with some hot blondes. And I was like, wow, cool, I'm going to be in a band. Like, I mean, I was sold. So <laughs> that, that was that was about it, man, from a young age. And as for the band, um, years ago I met up uh, with the guitar player, Chris Staniforth. We, we just, we, we hit it off, and we just met, and we hit it off, just like, instantly. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, you know, as we're talking, he tells me, guitar player, I'm a singer, cool, okay, you know, let's try and put something together. And it took us a while. And then finally we, uh, from cover bands and trying to feel out music, you know, and learning, you know, your own instrument, we ended up uh, finding two guys and uh, and formed the band one. And, uh, and that was always a, a work in progress up till uh, even two years ago. You know, we, uh, we were releasing albums, but any time... Things weren't going the way they should, you know. We even replaced members. We replaced our drummer after the first album, bass player after the second album, and uh, and finally the lineup we got now is uh, is pretty solid, man. We got we're four guys and what I call the best friends as well. So I mean that's actually the most important of the, at the same time, getting along okay. with each other. Well, so tell us the story. I, I think uh, you mentioned uh, back in school. Did, were you in a musical group at school or? You just had a band outside of uh, uh, of high school and college, or if you're in college. Yeah, it was never. It was never in school. It okay. Was just, uh, it was just you know actually meeting people, and you're like, oh, you okay? Let's try something out, and you know, try this, and you know, it was really more of that than anything else. It wasn't the oh, let's have a little high school band kind of thing, you know. 
Okay. It's actually meeting people outside of high school. So how did you learn to play? I mean, uh, you play a particular instrument, or you just sing? I sing, play a rhythm guitar. Okay. I um, you know, after watching that Molly Crew Uncensored video, like mm-hmm. I said, I I didn't. I was kind of confused. Like, well, what do I do? Like, well, I want to be each one of these guys. You know, that's <laughs> really cool. So, so um, I, I took a liking to Nikki Six, and I, to this day, I'm still a big fan. And so I started playing bass, and I was like, ah, okay, it's not my thing. You know. So I actually traded in my bass for an acoustic guitar, and I started sitting down playing acoustic guitar and singing, and uh, and I really liked that a lot, and uh, and it just kept getting more and more serious. So uh, so I ended up singing and playing a little bit of rhythm guitar on the side, uh, but uh, being in the front and, and running around and singing is, is my thing, really. Wow. So who influenced you besides Motley Crue? Um. Wow, I have so many influences, but as a singer, um, I'd say, you know, uh, Steven Tyler, Aerosmith, mm-hmm. uh, John Bon Jovi as well, the, the whole band, uh, Bon Jovi, um, Metallica, anything that was like basically high energy, you know, and musical influences uh, were even something as, as smooth as something like Frank Sinatra. You can just sit there and listen and, and just like takes you away to another place. Wow, Frank Sinatra. Yeah. It, tell us about your particular style of music. Um, how do you define your style as a musician and as, and as a group? We are straight up rock, hard rock. There's, I don't think there's any other sub-labels we need to put it in, but when people ask what we do, I guess we say we're... You know, like good old rock and roll you used to listen to, and just like you know, you know, mm-hmm. tap your foot to or or bang your head to. We're that simple, but modern. You know, just a modern okay. version of a good old rock band that we used to we grew up listening to. Okay, more in the sense of a uh, heavy rock versus metal. Um, not quite metal, but you can hear some of the guitar riff influences from some of the from. Well, we'll call it the old metal before. You know, it became uh, trash or heavy metal, I guess. Okay. When you actually sit down and actually write your own music, uh, how do you write that? Uh, does it come to you during the daytime, or it, it comes in your head and a tune you just have to birth out, or how do you guys sit there and write your music? Um, it's actually uh, mainly a combined effort between uh, Chris, uh, the guitar player, and I. We uh, we weren't open for him. Any any ideas are welcome because you never know. Sometimes you know a, a drum pass can complete the song or whatever. But um, it'll happen anytime. Uh, we we've we've written songs at six in the morning and we've written songs at like you know midnight. It just uh, it was all a matter of, uh, of of what you're feeling at that particular moment. I've had some some weird driving home like ready to go to bed at 6.30 a.m. and I'm getting melodies in my head. So instead of going to bed, I'm picking up my guitar and I'm trying to figure out, oh, what, can I, what kind of music can we put around this melody, you know? And then, then I'll get together with Chris. Dude, look what I got. And he'll work on that. And he's like, oh, wow, okay, I see where this is going. And, and he'll add on to it. So it's, it's really a, a combined effort, like a team effort, really. Wow. So in that collaboration between you two, um, 
one feed out of the other. Like, for example, you pick up one phrase from another and say, hey, we come with this idea. Then he comes with his uh, his part, and you come with your part, and you all combine it together. And then as when you sit down as a group, then it kind of evolves from that particular point? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really that simple. How is it to collaborate uh, with people? Sometimes you have different energies. Um, Sometimes, you know, I guess being a band of brothers, you know, sometimes you get mad at your brother. And and how you guys resolve uh, conflicts like that when it comes to a musical style? Hey, no, I think it should go this way. How do you resolve those type of issues? Um, we we set egos aside, okay, um, and because it's all in the end, it's, it's what serves the song. And being three albums deep, um, and about ten or eleven tours deep, we've met a lot of people, and and you know what the people like, you know what people are kind of expecting from you. So obviously, you always have your, you know, you want to get that musical. Uh, angst out you want to really get what you were feeling out on paper or on your instrument and you have to kind of make a consensus you know and it's not about what you want it's what serves the song at the end of the day to make it Mm -hmm. as good as you possibly can you know working in lyrics and reworking lyrics and reworking guitar parts and and guitar solos it's like i think it's a never-ending process and i know we've been through like I said, album recording three times, it really is a never-ending process, but eventually you have to step back, and, and that's what the, a good producer also helps with that too, working on your album. Yeah, as long as you have somebody you know, behind that board saying, guys, do this, guys, do that, and always keep an open mind to it as well. Okay. You know, you, we look at, through history, uh, great uh, collaborators like, uh, just take from the Beatles, just take a uh, John Lennon and Paul McCarthy they have they they have that particular style and energy, and then from that particular style of energy they came out with some great hits, um, and then all of a sudden, every songwriter comes to the point of having like a writer's block. Uh, do you guys ever experience a you just you can't to save your life pull a tune out of your head? Uh, you both have writer's block. How do you actually resolve that when you when that uh, when that occurs? Um, I went on vacation. <laughs> this, I, I swear to you, before this um, this last album, we um, we were working hard. You know, we had gone on tour. We came back and we said, okay, time to take like a six to eight month break, fit, do a new album, and and hit the road again. Mm-hmm. And for the life of me, I was not inspired wow. to, to sit down and write anything. And then not even come up with a riff to help with the songwriting. I, I had nothing. I had nothing to give. And I, I said, you know what? The past like three, four years of my life have been like really hectic with all the touring. So I said, forget it. I left. I went on vacation instead of writing songs. I took a week on the beach, and I, I was drinking every day, just relaxing, not getting stupid drunk, but just drinking a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, I just took the most relaxing week of my life, came home, and uh, and the music just poured out. We were able wow. to finish up the album and finish up the lyrics, and then what ended up becoming our latest release of uh, Worlds Collide. Do you think uh, you see a lot of success with the uh, rock groups at the very beginning of uh, their careers? They're young. 
uh, they don't have as many distractions. Uh, do you think because of that, um, that the energy pours out at the very beginning and they pour everything that they have out, then as life hits them, then sometimes these things get harder because you have more things to distract you. I mean, you just don't have the total freedom like you had before. You can just escape and go somewhere um, with a family and, and other obligations. Do you think that, over time, makes a difference the way you you write your music and how you actually come up with your songs? I, I think it would absolutely have an effect on you. Um, I mean, just everyday life has an effect on you, so I can imagine if it, it hits you young and then um, and you go, like, I mean, what do you write about? What can you what can you possibly write about at, at a certain point? Like I mean, uh, some people have tried it and some people have um, failed um, with the evolution. I mean, you if you start off doing like maybe poppier type music because you're young and then you want to oh, but you know what? Enough of that. And I want to try writing something serious. But all the core fans are like, well, we don't want the serious. We want we want the fun songs that you guys <laughs> were doing before. Um, I mean, we've seen it, and you know, it's sometimes it's some of the best music you'll ever hear, the the evolution, because it's maturity, but unfortunately, if you're labeled a certain way, then you're kind of like stuck, and it's it's really sad that, that, that it's come to that, because you, as a songwriter, you, you really want to express yourself, and of course, you're going to change, and of course, you're not like, you're not 17 anymore, or, you know, mad and angry the way you were as a teenager, you're, you're you become a man, and you want to say different things, and that's the unfortunate side of uh, of music sometimes. But you know, I guess if you truly believe in what you're doing, you just do it anyway. Wow. So how do you keep that particular balance? Because if you look at certain groups that have all these hits at the very beginning, and the fans want to keep hearing the same songs over and over again, and they slowly we're growing to the new stuff that you write. But how do you keep that particular balance when you? Know when you go on tour, they're going to want to hear the same stuff over and over in your pant. You're playing the same music day in and day out, um, and you're trying to reach this uh, new market and produce your new songs. Um, you know, well, the way we do it is we, we test out a few songs on the road. You know, when we, let's say we've toured our, our, our latest album for a while, then we end mm-hmm. up writing something. We test it out. You see, you see the reaction of the people. You ask them what they think, and uh, I guess you know we're not playing, you know, stadiums, so it's it's a lot easier to ask people. But, um, but I think that's the only way. Just ask your fans what they think. Your fans are are the ones who are going to buy the music anyway, so you might as well involve them as much as you can. This day and age, it's all about involving your fans in everything you do as much as possible. Okay, we're gonna come back in a moment, take a station break, and we'll go uh, talk about how did you come up with the name. Uh, one for the, your your group. Be back in one moment. Uh, you listen to the Core Business Show. You're listening to the Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours, and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. 
To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. Again, we are back with uh, Danny Rossi. Uh, how did you guys come up with uh, the band Name One? Uh, well, as we were sitting around trying to figure out uh, a name for, at the time we just kept calling it a project because we wanted <laughs> to get get serious. You know, we were we were like, okay, you know, we're a band. You know, yeah, okay, we all know how to play an instrument. Let's figure something out here. And it was uh, it was all about our idea was all about unity and and being together, and um, and being on the same wavelength. And we thought of the idea of unity and and then four guys being one. And we're like, well, it's simple enough. One. There you go, man. It's, it's, it's it didn't take much. Just just four guys being one. Wow. Are there any regional influences? You're in Montreal, Canada. Um, that develop your particular style? Do you think we have regions that kind of set a particular style? For example, you in North American region would have this, Canadian would have this, U.S. would have this. Because, you know, you go through the the states, uh, the states have different sounds as you go throughout the country. The West Coast, the East Coast, the Midwest can be different from the, the South Rock. Is Are any of those styles actually define who you are? As a rock band, do you have a particular regional style? Um, I, I, yeah, but I don't. We, I don't think we get influenced by Canadian music at all, though. Canadian mm-hmm. music is, a, is a, from what's out there, is is not. Don't get me wrong, because I love Canadian music. So, mm-hmm. um, but we are definitely, definitely more on the American front when it comes to music and and very open-mindedness about it all too. It's not like East Coast or West Coast or this or that. We will listen to anything and and almost everything to 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 develop a new song. You know, if it's, sometimes you'll get a little southern feel into a song, and like that's great, man, because I love that southern rock and and California example. You know, that kind of what you would expect on the West Coast. And I think one of the yeah, one on this last album, one of the songs was kind of that feel. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, we just take whatever we can, but definitely more American than, than Canadian are influences. Also, when it, dealing with, uh, you mentioned at the top of the hour regarding personal changes of the band, and when you form your, your particular band, how do you actually you form the band? Do you make it like a legal entity, or it's like a club, and you guys come with your own directives, or how is that really done? Well, in, in the beginning, uh you know, you, it's obviously not as serious. You're just trying to, you know, work out the kinks. And eventually, yeah, it, it does have to become a little more serious. And, and every individual person has his responsibility to 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 make sure he knows what he's doing on and off the stage. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's about everything. And do we try and keep it business? No. I mean, this is, it's supposed to be fun. And I think that's, that's what we love most about it is that it's fun. If you do the business side on your own time, 
then when we're together on stage, it's all about fun and, and entertaining the people and, and giving back to the fans. And I think mm-hmm. from what a lot of people told us, um, that you can feel that. You can feel the fun that we're having on stage, so it makes the show that much better. And this is coming straight from fans all over the place. They're like, wow, you guys are having so much fun. It's, well, we are. We are because we're not faking it. This is what we love to do. Wow. So when you, you're a group of, uh, uh, for example, what, five or six people? We're four. Four? Okay. And when you have four people, each has an equal vote, and then all of a sudden when you have to replace a band member, it's just because of the majority rules, or how is that really done? Just trying to give advice to people that have bands and they don't know what to do, and um, it's just mutual consensus to say, hey, no, you, uh, this is not working out, um, like you mentioned in the past. So how did that process work? Majority rules? Um, well, it, it depends. I mean, obviously you all got to talk to each other, which is mm-hmm. the most important thing. But um, you can't be like any – like, you know, in the end of the day, it's, it's like a company. You know, you can't have four bosses. So you just try and figure out what you're going to do. Like like for us, um, the workhorse in our band, and I'll, I give him credit every day, is, is Chris, the guitar player. He He doesn't stop. He's he's always on it, so we we completely trust him. We just let him go ahead. But when it comes to big decisions like a member change, yeah, we sit together and we say, look, this is what's going on. We need to change. We need to advance. Something's holding us back. Let's do it, you know. And that's what we mm-hmm. do. We uh, we pretty much vote on it. But it's it's we don't we we don't even argue because we know it's always for the better of of what we're doing and the advancement okay. of what we're doing. Uh, we are. Well, great. So when you actually talk about uh, uh, making the decision to tour, how does that process work? Do you get a manager and that manager says, uh, hey, I have some dates lined up for you? Uh, how's the whole process of touring work? Um, and how often do you tour? We just try and stay on the road as, as, as long as we can and as much as we can. Um, managers, um, we were, we're always open to the idea, but truthfully, no manager we've ever had has worked as hard as we do. So it's like, you know, useless for us unless we find someone who will work harder than we do. That's the first point. Um, other than that, it's when maybe, what, six years ago when we started touring and we went out and and uh, Chris, again, he had booked uh, a handful of shows and we went out on, a, I think, a five- or six-week run of the East Coast, um, we made a lot of these contacts. And we still, to this day, still play a lot of these places because they're fun, they're great, and this is where our core our core fan bases have uh, been developed. And then after, you have to kind of trust people. You have to trust a booking agent, uh, people who are going to work hard for you. Does it always work out? No. Are you always going to get along? No. Because... Like I said, we are are very hard to keep up with. We are work, 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 work. And a lot of people don't see that same thing. And a lot of people don't envision uh, the same uh, light at the end of the tunnel as we do. So it's hard, but, you know, you have to work past it and you have to work even harder for it. And we've got some really great agents now, and we're going to see how it goes. 
Okay. Uh, last couple of questions when it comes to recording. How do you actually record? Do you go into a studio and and how long does it normally take for you to uh, do one single project? You have three albums out there so far. Um, how did you actually record those and how long it, it took to record those? The first album was a, I guess, it was about a year-long uh, studio session. A little bit at a time and going and, and learning. And it's your first uh, studio album and Live and studio are very different, so you have to adapt what you do. It took me forever to figure out how to sing in studio, and, and live I had no problem. It used to be a blast. I was like, wow, this is no fun <laughs> in studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's really, it's almost painful. I can't move, I can't bounce around, I can't entertain. Now I gotta, I gotta move my mouth properly and enunciate every single. Thing, so it sounds good when it's recording. It's like, wow, this is, it sucks. I couldn't believe how, how bad it was. But then second album, you know, we changed um, our drummer. And the flow of the music changed a little bit. And we recorded in a different place, another studio. And it was great. I actually really liked the, the second album experience. And that one took maybe about three months then this last one, we went to the same, uh, went to Uplift Studios in Montreal with former uh, Slaves on Dope uh, guitar player Kevin Jardine producing our third album as well. And it took us about, I think, a month and a half, a month and a week to, to record the last album. It was like in and out. It was really, really quick. Wow. That's was really quick. Um, so when you actually, you know, you have like two songs, I think, uh, Rock Songs of the 2009 Toronto Rock uh, Magazine, and say, Today Will Last Forever. Tell us about that particular title and how that song came to be. We were in Florida on one of our down days. We had no shows, uh, and we just started jamming with an acoustic guitar, and we... Um, and I had I had just lost my grandmother, if I, I tell everyone the truth out there. And it wow. was uh, very painful for me. My grandmother was the most, I guess, the most important woman in my life ever. She was uh, my grandmother and my best friend. She was, mm-hmm. she, and then this woman made hot dogs and french fries taste good, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, sure. It's, uh, it, it's, it's one of those, those special moments in your life. And, and when I lost her, I, I kind of really, I was bummed out. And I said, what better way to honor this woman for the rest of uh, my existence than with a song? And um, and the the emotions just poured out of me. Poured out of me. We had the the riff. Once we got home from tour, I sat out on my patio at about like 2 a.m. with an acoustic guitar, jamming on the riff a little bit, and uh, the lyrics just poured out. And uh, we never expected to release the song, and we didn't. But we won an award for it because I guess someone else felt the same emotion. Maybe we did, and uh, a lot of people got it right away. They understood the song uh, about being and not being about a. It's not like a, a chick song or I love you and I miss you, baby kind of thing. It's 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 mm-hmm. very different in in our eyes, and I wanted it to be different lyrically and, and melodically, and I wanted people to feel sometimes what I was feeling, not having her around anymore. Wow, that's powerful. 
And in closing, what do you like to leave us with and how you, as a band, would like to see yourself in the future? Um, you know, we want to just we want to just rock out every night. And if it means opening up, you know, a stadium tour or an arena tour for some of our heroes who are back out on the road again because all the all the rock bands we grew up are all out again. So it's, I think it's fantastic. So if we're doing that and then eventually move up to being the headliner of of, uh, of a big stadium or arena tour, it would be a, the, the dream come true, what we've been working so hard all these years. Okay. And uh, if, they're, uh, if they want to, go ahead and look at, uh, see what you have in the current tours that's down the road. You have a website they can go to and uh, look at the tours and maybe look at merchandise or look at your CDs as well? Absolutely. It's onetheband.com. It's O-N-E-1. Um, you can go on there. We have It's under construction, I believe. You can still access most of the site, but you can mm-hmm. go on there, and we have a, a links section. So if you go in the links section, uh, you can you have all the social media, the, the Facebook, the Twitter, and our YouTube channel with our professional videos, uh, some behind-the-scenes uh, stuff, live. And also you have um, the uh, links to buy the music as well. Perfect. And just for the last thing, uh, kind of mention your uh, your band members' names and what they play, and, and if you have any last comments, I appreciate it. Sure. Um, we have uh, Chris Staniforth is a uh, lead guitar and backup vocals. We've got Phil Hardy on bass, and we have Rudy Okinero on uh, drums. Perfect. Well, Danny, thank you for joining the program this morning. We really, really appreciate your honesty and, and giving us an insight of uh, the band one. Well, thank you very much for having me, dude. Okay. Thank you. Have a great one. Take you care. You too. Bye. Again, this has been another production of the Core Business Show. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can download this uh, episode on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, have a great day and take care. You're listening to the Core Business Show. Thank you for listening to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to the core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.